On Saturday, October 17th, the two best lightweights in the world will meet each other in the ring. Vasily Lomachenko, seen by many as one of the best fighters pound for pound in the world, and Tiafima Lopez, young, undefeated, hungry, explosive, and super confident. These two are going to face each other to determine the undisputed, legitimate lightweight champion of the world. And best of all, this fight is not on pay-per-view. It's probably the most anticipated fight, maybe second to the rematch between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. But unlike that fight and other fights this year, this super fight is off pay-per-view. And I think that's a big, big deal. I'm going to break down this fight for you guys, give you my prediction. But before I do that, I just want to say that both of these fighters, their teams, the, the platform that they fight on, and their promoters deserve tremendous credit for striking a deal and keeping this on regular ESPN. I think a lot of people out there are, are selling it short, the, the, the impact that that has, because pay-per-view has been slowly killing the sport of boxing for years in the United States, particularly in the age of cord cutting and streaming and all of that. So when you think of ESPN, it's not just how many homes it's available in. It's every bar. It's every restaurant. I mean, you, you can go watch this fight at your local pub, your local sports bar. You might have to wear a mask, but you can go to your local pub and request that the bartender turn it to ESPN, and you can watch this fight live with your friends. When's the last time you could say that? Make no mistake, Loma Lopez being on regular ESPN, that is the equivalent as if the Charlo doubleheader pay-per-view that we just saw on Showtime, if that had been on regular Fox, that's what this is. This is a big deal, guys. And I hope that uh, the boxing fans show up and, and watch this fight. I think that there's tremendous potential here to do a good rating, not only on TV, but a lot of people, they don't just watch uh, their cable on TV anymore. They watch it on, on devices, right? Their tablet, their phone, whatever. And then again, you could go watch this in public. So I think there's a, a real opportunity here for this fight to break through. But let's start with uh, the tail of the tape. Both of these fighters have 15 professional fights. Lomachenko is 14-1 with 10 knockouts. Lopez is 15-0 with 12 knockouts. So the records look very similar, but when you break them down, completely different records. And we'll talk more about that in a second in terms of quality of opposition. But in terms of the statistics, Lomachenko, 5'7", 65-inch reach. He's 32 years old. He fights from the southpaw stance. Lopez, an inch taller at 5'8", 3 inches uh, longer with the reach at 68 inches, Nine years younger, 23 years old. That's a big factor in this fight, obviously. He fights out of the orthodox stance. Both of these guys, neither of them has fought in 2020. They both last fought in late 2019. But for Lomachenko, he fought against Luke Campbell, scored a unanimous decision win to claim the vacant WBC title. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, that was on August 31st. So he's basically going on, I believe, a 14-month layoff here. That is by far the longest layoff of his career. In fact, I think it's more than double the longest layoff he's had in quite some time. Now, Lopez is coming off the longest layoff of his career as well. He scored a TKO2 win over Richard Comey back in December. This is about a 10-month layoff for him. So that's a big deal too. Which guy is going to be more affected by the layoff? 
the older fighter, Lomachenko, or the younger, still not as experienced fighter, Teofimo Lopez. We shall see. Uh, also, a quick look at their amateur careers. Teofimo Lopez, a lot of people really overlooked this. He had a lot of amateur fights. He was a successful amateur, although it was mostly national here in the United States, uh, regional and national. 150 wins, 20 losses, and he could not qualify for the American Olympic team because, I think it was uh, Carlos Balderas, because of him uh, participating in the World Series of Boxing, he was automatically put in, which I think is not very smart. But USA Boxing, that's another video for another day, all the issues there. Anyway, Lopez fought in the 2016 Olympics representing Honduras. So he, he, is, he was a highly accomplished amateur, but night and day compared with Lomachenko, obviously, who was one of the best amateurs, maybe the best amateur ever in, in all of boxing history. 396 wins and one loss. And unlike Lopez, whose amateur career was mostly, again, at the national regional level, much of Lomachenko's amateur career was on the global worldwide stage. Uh, several world championships, uh, whether they were golds or silvers for, for Lomachenko. And uh, obviously everybody knows he fought in two Olympics, 2008-2012, and he was 6-0 and in the World Series of Boxing. Whether those are amateur fights or pro fights or kind of in between, uh, people have different opinions on those. They're high-level fights. And he went 6-0 and in the World Series of Boxing. You don't see too many fighters go undefeated in the WSB. Okay, let's, uh, let's jump to X-Factors. And some of these, uh, it, it kind of surprises me that no one's talking about some of this stuff. But I mentioned this before that Lomachenko is a southpaw. Teofimo Lopez has only fought one southpaw as a professional fighter. Of all of his 15 fights, one of them was against a southpaw. That was against Diego Magdaleno a few years back. Now, he did well in that fight. He stopped Magdaleno. And Magdaleno is similar height, and I think he's actually a little longer than Lomachenko, but similar height. But still, that's only one southpaw. So I do think that that is an X factor that I don't hear many people talking about, because obviously Lomachenko has fought every style on earth with that amateur career several times over. And there's one fighter he has faced as a pro that is similar in a lot of ways to, to Teofimo. I'll talk about that in a second. But for Lopez... Obviously, he hasn't fought anybody on Lomachenko's level, but he only has seen one southpaw as a pro. And I'm not sure how much he learned in that fight that he could take into his fight with Loma. So we'll talk more about that. All right, first X factor, timing matters. Timing is everything in boxing, ladies and gentlemen. And what we don't know yet is, could this be... Perfect timing for Teofimo Lopez, whose career trajectory is trending up. He's young. He's hasn't even hit his physical prime yet, right? He's still growing. And Vasily Lomachenko, who he's only 32 years old, and people look at that and say, well, he's not that old. But if you look at that long amateur career, he's, he's an old 32, trust me. And he's still pretty much a natural featherweight fighting above his natural weight because uh, the fighters there at 126 and even a lot of them at 130 wanted nothing to do with them. He's had to move up and he's been fighting larger men the last couple of years. So I, I think that he's uh, definitely, I mean, not just in terms of numbers, but in terms, in terms of wear and tear, he's obviously more worn down than Tio is, right? So 
Is this the perfect time for Tio? Is he catching Lomachenko right as he's about to get old overnight? Or is Loma still in his physical prime and close enough to his peak where he's got enough left in the tank to beat Lopez? We'll find that out. But timing matters. It's everything in boxing, guys. Not just in the ring when you're timing shots and countering. But I'm talking from a business standpoint. When you fight a guy, uh, that really, really matters. It, It matters a lot. So we'll keep track of that as the fight wears on. We'll see what happens. Also, size matters. This is another one that I talk about a lot. Uh, you know, we just saw the Charlo doubleheader, and you saw how huge Jamal Charlo looked compared to Sergei Derevyanchenko. That was another X factor that I talked about in my preview for that fight that I, I couldn't understand how so many people overlooked that. And when you look back and watch that fight and see how Charlo was able to damage Derevyanchenko and keep him off, even though a lot of his punches were on the back foot, they were arm punches. His size and length, you know, people talk about uh, all, the, all the damage Drevianchenko took against Golovkin. Charlo is taller and much longer than Golovkin. He's naturally a much bigger guy punching down at Drevianchenko. That was a huge factor. Now, there's not that glaring of a size difference here in this fight between Loma and, and Tio, but Tio is naturally the taller, longer, stronger, thicker guy. He's busting at the seams at 135 pounds right now. And Lomachenko could probably still make featherweight if he wanted to. He could make junior lightweight in his sleep right now. Make no mistake about it, guys. By this time next year, Teofimo Lopez is going to be at 140 pounds. And Vasily Lomachenko will likely be back down at 130 pounds. Trust me on that one. All right, so size matters. Will it play a factor in this fight? I think it will. How it will affect this fight remains to be seen because, uh, as as I said, Lopez is busting at the seams at 135. Is that going to affect the way he makes weight? So far, uh, you know, his his team, his management has gotten him with a nutrition expert, strength and conditioning coach, and he's cutting weight the right way. I personally think he's going to make the weight without a problem but it could play a factor in the fight. Okay, also, experience matters. Now, I get it. This is an obvious one, but it bears repeating, man. When you look at Lomachenko and his career, and we won't even talk about all the great fighters who have gone on to become good professionals that he defeated in the amateurs, some of them several times over. But just looking at his pro career, man, he has defeated some fantastic fighters, even guys that were on the pound-for-pound list like Guillermo Rigadiao. When you look at Teofimo Lopez, his best wins are over Richard Comey and Diego Magdaleno, who I mentioned a minute ago. Those are his two best victories. There are probably 10 guys on Lomachenko's resume that are just as good, if not better, than those fighters. Maybe even more than 10. So the experience factor here does play a big role. Uh, For Teofimo Lopez, this is a quantum leap in opposition for him, amateur or pro. He's never faced anybody on this level at any point in his boxing life. So we'll see how that affects this fight. It's obviously a huge X factor. And then the old adage, styles make fights. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, when they hear styles make fights, like, ah, that's a cop-out. Because, you know, some people are making predictions. They'll say, oh, I, I don't know who to pick. Styles make fights. It's not a cop-out. It's legit. It is one of those adages in boxing that does live up to the hype. It's very, very true. 
And again, as I mentioned before, Loma's fought every single style here. And there's one guy I wanted to bring up that this is a, another thing that people are kind of overlooking. When I looked at, when you really look at Lomachenko's resume, the 15 guys he's fought as a pro, of course, there's nobody exactly like Tiafima Lopez, but there's one win he had in 2018 over Jorge Linares. Then I do think there are some parallels there to this matchup with Tiafima Lopez. Now, obviously, Linares and Tio fight with different styles. I get that. You guys don't have to scream through your screen at me about that one. I'm not trying to say that. What I'm trying to say is that uh, Linares and, and Tio, same height, same reach, same explosiveness with their offense. You could argue that Linares obviously throws straighter punches, might even have better hand speed than Tio, but it's pretty comparable. But he's explosive, right? He, he's always been known as an explosive puncher. And he was able to catch Lomachenko, getting lazy, walked him right into a right hand, and put him on his butt. Now, Teofimo Lopez is naturally stronger than Linares. By the time he's in his 30s, he sure as hell won't be a lightweight. He might even be a welterweight at some point. So if if Teofimo Lopez can catch Loma walking in with that same right hand that Linares did, it's not out of the realm of possibility that that puts Loma on his butt and he can't get up. So keep that in mind, man. That's, that's the one fight that I think is most comparable to this matchup for Lomachenko. Not necessarily in terms of styles, but in terms of height, reach, and offensive explosiveness. What we don't know, okay, with this comparison here, we know that Linares has defensive liabilities. He's chinny. He's been stopped. We don't know how Tiafima Lopez will hold up with punches to the head and to the body. Remember, Loma was able to stop Linares to the body when he was fighting an explosive guy like that. He got underneath his punches and got it done to the body. Could he do something like that with Tiafima Lopez? I, I don't know. I, Tio is a little more compact and he covers up the body better than uh, the Linares does, but we just don't know how he catches up here, right? We haven't seen him take any big punches. Uh, Styles make fights in the other direction. We just don't know for Teofimo Lopez because he hasn't faced anybody like Lomachenko. And that's why this is a big X factor here. Lomachenko is the consummate boxing professor. You know what I'm saying? He, he's like, a, he's like a, a symphony, an orchestra director. He, he, that's how he fights. He almost fights like a, like he's in doing ballet or something, right? So for uh, Tio, we just don't know how he's going to respond to that. Okay, I wanted to talk about the WBC real quick before I get into my prediction here. There's two debates with this fight. Well, there's a lot of debates, but two big ones I see going back and forth on social. The first one is the undisputed debate, and then there's the pound-for-pound debate. So undisputed. Everyone, well, not everyone, a lot of people, particularly those who just don't like Lomachenko for whatever reason. He just seems to be one of these people, one of these fighters that a lot of fans just don't like. So they're trying to discredit this fight as for the undisputed, legitimate, lineal, um, the real lightweight championship of the world, which it is. And they're using the WBC franchise situation as the justification for that argument. So I wanted to go through a quick timeline for you all just to describe how asinine this whole franchise thing with the WBC is and why it really shouldn't matter. The winner of this fight 
screw the WBC. The winner of this fight between Loma and Lopez is the legitimate lightweight champion. So, um, okay, as you all know, I think it was last October, the WBC named Loma their franchise lightweight champion. And there were rumors and posts going around that Lomachenko asked the WBC to do this so he wouldn't have to fight Devin Haney. Lomachenko himself, in several interviews, uh, in English and in other languages, has denounced those rumors. He's flat out denied he ever requested to be the uh, WBC franchise champion. And Devin Haney was interim champion for, I believe, a month before being elevated. Basically, he got his title through an email through the WBC. But let me give you guys dates. I talked about Loma beating Luke Campbell on August 31st last year. That was for several of the titles, but also the vacant WBC lightweight title was on the line in that fight. So Loma wins, beats Campbell. That was 831. Two weeks later, Devin Haney fought Zahur Abdubalov. I'm probably butchering that name. Abdubalov uh, on September 13th to win the interim title. Okay, so that was two weeks. Two weeks after the WBC had their vacant title to to basically the title Mikey Garcia once had. Two weeks after that, they have an interim title fight. Why do they need to do that within two weeks of each other? As I've talked about on my show a million times, the WBC and the WBA have found out ways to buy into several different promotions and several different network platforms in the same division. That's why they've cut up all these titles. It's just a way to get more money and be in the Matchroom slash Devin Haney business as well as the top rank slash Lomachenko business in the same division. That's that's why the WBC did this. That's all it was, was a money-making thing. So anyway, 9-13, September 13, Haney wins the WBC interim title and becomes the mandatory at that point for Lomachenko. Now, you guys all know a champion has 12 months, a calendar year, to fulfill their mandatory obligations. So in other words... Loma had until this fall to fight Haney. Okay, keep that in mind. Because the very next month, 831, they have the vacant title. 913, they have the interim title. And then the very next month in October at their convention, the WBC names Lomachenko franchise champion and elevates Devin Haney to full champion. So, to the haters, to the conspiracy theorists, I want to ask you a question. If you were Lomachenko in top rank and you were deathly afraid of Devin Haney, you were scared shitless of him, you wanted to duck him, why would you request literally a month after winning your title, weeks after Devin Haney won his interim title and mandatory status, why would you request then to be elevated to franchise champion knowing you had a full calendar year and you could go into your fight with Tiafima Lopez unify all the titles, be the undisputed champion, then dump the WBC title and walk away and duck Devin Haney. If that was your plan, why would you undermine yourself, your own public image, your own business, and dump the WBC title, ask Mauricio Suleiman to bail you out, to duck a guy that you didn't have to fight for another 11 months? It doesn't make sense. And if you look at the way Vasily Lomachenko has fought his career and the way Top Rank does business, 
the way they've unified divisions and everything before. Look at the Terrence Crawford situation in recent years. This goes directly against their business model. It makes absolutely zero sense. And the only people spinning that narrative are people who have agendas. Look at the Canelo, Cotto, Golovkin situation a few years back. Okay, There's an example of a guy who fought for a title knowing who his mandatory was before he fought for it, was willing to pay the sanctioning fee, fight for that title, and then when the sanctioning organization said, hey, you've got to fight this guy still, he dumped the title because he wanted no part of it. That is not what happened right here, folks. This is not comparable to the Canelo, Cotto, Golovkin situation a few years back. This is WBC fuckery, okay? Had to get that off my chest. That should end the undisputed debate. Regardless of what you feel about the franchise, this, that, the other, look, these are number one versus number two. All the titles are on the line. Devin Haney did not beat an elite-level lightweight to win his email interim title. Loma Lopez is for the undisputed lightweight championship of the world. Debate over. Moving on. Pound for pound debate. Right now, a lot of people have Lomachenko number one, number two, number three, but somewhere in the top five of their pound for pound list. It does crack me up that there are still people out there who say Loma ain't fought nobody. Loma ain't beat nobody. That's just flat out ignorance. Or Lomachenko lost a fight. Who gives a shit? Fighters lose fights. In his second pro fight, he fought a guy that might be better than everyone on Devin Haney's record. Probably is, right? So that blows up the whole undisputed argument once again. But to do that in your second pro fight and come up a little bit short, what's the shame in that? Does anyone not believe Lomachenko is a better fighter now than he was when he first stepped into the ring against Orlando Salido? If you, if you don't believe that, then you're crazy. So anyway, I think clearly Loma has proven he's a top pound-for-pound fighter. There's really no doubt. But if he beats Teofimo Lopez and beats him decisively, a guy who's physically younger, stronger, more explosive, undefeated, has a legitimate world title, won it in an you know, exciting fashion by knockout, dominant stoppage win to grab that title. If he beats Lopez and does it decisively, can anyone deny that this guy is number one pound for pound at this moment in time? That doesn't mean somebody a month or two later, if Terrence Crawford fights again or Canelo Alvarez fights again, whoever they fight might not usurp him. That, that could happen. But I'm talking about October 17th, October 18th, right there. If Lomachenko decisively beats this guy, Tifima Lopez, He's pound for pound number one, and I just I don't think there really would be any argument about that. Now, if Lopez wins, it kind of depends on how he wins. But if he wins, he's clearly on the pound for pound list, regardless, unless it's a robbery or something. But he's clearly top ten pound for pound. But I don't think he's necessarily pound for pound number one. In my opinion, you don't earn pound-for-pound number one status off of one big win. You have to beat several elite fighters. You have to prove a a body of work over a certain period of time. So if Teofimo Lopez strikes lightning in a bottle and scores an explosive first-round knockout over Lomachenko, does that mean he's the best fighter in the world? No. If he outboxes... Lomachenko over 12 rounds from the outside, boom, well, now we're having a different discussion. That would surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me to see 
Teofimo Lopez shock the world and score a big stoppage win if he just catches the older fighter at the right place, right time. That wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't mean he's the best fighter in the world, though. You know what I'm saying? But if he outclasses Lomachenko, different discussion. So we shall see. That debate will continue. Okay, let's get to my fight pick. So a lot of people are saying this is going to be an explosive, action-packed fight. That is absolutely incorrect. That is not what we're going to see here, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to see a tactical, technical type of fight with explosive bursts of offense here and there. And most of that's going to come from Teofimo Lopez, obviously. I see this is somewhat, this fight will play out somewhat similar to the first fight between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Not in terms of styles necessarily, although there are some parallels, right? Uh, People looked at Fury as the boxer and Wilder as the guy who could end it with one shot. That's how they're looking at this fight. But I'm talking more so in terms of the pace and the tenseness of it. The first fight between Fury and Wilder was slow-paced. It was a technical type of fight because that's what Fury needed it to be. And he was the superior boxer, and he could dictate that pace. But every now and then, there was an explosion, an offensive explosion from Wilder. And he actually did clip Fury a couple times, dropped him, almost had him out of there. The tenseness, because of that feeling and that knowing that at any point, Wilder could connect with something big, I think there's going to be parallels to that in this fight. I think it's going to be the lightweight version of that, obviously with some some major differences in terms of styles. But um, that's what I see. So I tried to think of an analogy to break all this down. And bear with me on this analogy. I know it's not the greatest, but just hear me out. Imagine you're going on a road trip, right? We've all taken road trips in our car. And there are times where you want to try the speed, you want to try to floor it. You know, you get you got a good traffic pocket that you can work with, and you just want to have your, your, your feet on the pedals so that you can brake and speed and do whatever you need to do, but you have to be alert when you do that, right? And then there's other times where you're just on the open road, there's nobody else around, and you put on the cruise control, and you just want to take your feet off the pedals and relax a little bit and let the car do the work. Okay, if you are Vasily Lomachenko, You do not want to go on cruise control on this road trip. This is not a short drive to the supermarket. This is an all-day drive you're taking, right? This is not a two- or three-round fight. This is going to be a 12-round distance fight if you're Loma. So you're preparing for that long drive across the state. But you can't go into cruise control. you got to keep your feet on the pedals. you got to be alert at all times. I mention this because I'm going to go back to that Jorge Ladares fight in 2018, who had similar offensive explosiveness to Teofimo Lopez, similar height and reach. And there was a point in that fight where Loma was having his way, and what did he do? He went on cruise control. And as soon as he did that, he walked right into a big right hand that put him on his butt. If he does it against Lopez, it could be lights out. So he's got to keep off the cruise control, keep his feet on the pedals, and play the speed game. Here's the thing. When you do that, you guys have all done it. I do it all the time. When you're speeding, when you're driving like that, and you're being alert, what do you do? 
you look for cops, right? You keep your eyes out for cops. You look at the median. You look under the bridge you're about to pass. You look at the exit you're about to pass. You look behind you in the rear view mirror. You got to have your head on a swivel because you know that you're speeding. You don't want to get that ticket. So you have to be in a constant state of alertness. That's not hard to do for a little while if you're driving to the supermarket. It's another thing if you're doing it and you're driving across the state, right? And that's what Loma is going to be doing against Lopez because this ain't going to be no two, three-round blowout win for him. If he's going to win this fight, he has to prepare for it to be a distance fight where he is the matador and Tiafima Lopez is the bull. So you got to be looking out for police. You got to be alert. If you're looking left and you're only looking left at the median and that cop is parked right by the exit that you're about to pass, boom, you pass him, he's got you, right? So sticking with this analogy, maybe you hate it. I don't care. <laughs> I think it's applicable. If you're Tiafima Lopez, you got to be that sneaky cop that hides on the bridge or under the bridge, waits for you to pass, gets you on the radar gun, boom, turns on the sirens, pulls you over, gives you that ticket. That's who you got to be. You got to be that sneaky cop that tries to get the driver to look left and then comes from the right, tries to, tries to get the driver to look ahead and comes from behind. That's what Tio has to be. In other words, he's got to try to catch Lomachenko in a moment of cruise control, in a moment of focus over here and go over there. Make him focus over here, go over there, right? That's what you got to do if you're Tiafima Lopez. You cannot just go out guns blazing and be that cop that parks right in the middle of a parking lot or something that makes it so clear everyone sees that cop, right? And what do they do? They slam on their brakes before they drive by. Like, please don't pull me over. Please you know, slam on your brakes and kind of coast by, right? You got to be that cop that's sneaky, that parks behind a big-ass tree or something, that parks where no one can see you so you can clock dudes with the radar gun. That's Tio. If you're Loma, you're looking for cops at every second. Your head's constantly turning. You're always alert. You do not go on cruise control. So in terms of styles, that's the best analogy I could come up with, guys. I hope that works. Okay, what do I see happening here? First of all, let me say it would not surprise me at all to see Tiafima Lopez pull this off. He's very capable. I think it would very much surprise me to see him outbox Loma, particularly from the outside, and win a decision. I do not see that happening. That actually would shock me. But if he's able to catch Loma in a, at mid-range and hurt him, I think that um, he could possibly score the upset here. That wouldn't shock me at all. That happens in boxing. We see it all the time. That's, that's, not, that's nothing new. But for Lo, uh, Lomachenko, I think he will control the real estate on the outside. Even though he's the shorter guy, he's much faster and much craftier, and he has the superior angles. Also, I think he will control things on the inside, even though he's not as strong as his opponent. Because, again, those angles and the craft, his footwork is unparalleled in boxing today. At mid-range, that's where it's dangerous. Loma wants to put the tip in or go balls deep, one or the other. You can't go mid-shaft. If you're, if you're Lopez, you want to keep it mid-shaft. You want to keep it mid-pump because that's where he's going to control the real estate and where he's going to be able to, hopefully, for him, Land a counter punch during an exchange in between one of Loma's punches or where the Loma shifts. Loma likes to touch, 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 shift, touch, 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 push, shift. That's what Loma likes to do. In between one of those shifts, one of those nudges, those pushes, 
that's where at mid-range, Tiafimo could land something. So again, those are the two strategies, guys. What do I think is going to happen? What would I bet my money on? I would bet my money on Vasily Lomachenko by fairly clear unanimous decision. 116-112, somewhere in that ballpark. All right, guys, that's it. That is my breakdown. I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know what you think. Comment below. I'll see you at the fights.